Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's Sunday, October 16th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, we uh, we saw something again last night at the ballpark that you, you, we've never seen before. In in 167 previous uh, New York Yankees playoff games, when the team was ahead by two heading into the ninth inning, they, they converted and won. Uh, this time... Uh, the Guardians trailing by two, heading into the bottom of the ninth, uh, singled the the Yankees to death. Uh, they played Guardians baseball better than I think they've they've played it all year. It was a perfect example. Uh, just when you thought that this team was was on the mat and knocked out and facing uh, the possibility of an elimination on uh, Sunday night, uh, the Guardians come through. Oscar Gonzalez once again. A two-run walk-off single in the bottom of the ninth with two outs, two strikes on him. Uh, this kid has been amazing in this postseason. Just uh, unbelievable, Joe. Five uh, in in five, and they singled in five of their last six at bats. They were down uh, what five-three going into the ninth. They scored three runs. Um, and Gonzalez drives in the tying and winning run with a single through the middle. Uh, third, you know, game winning. Well, go, third game winning hit, right? Or go ahead, one go third. ahead and two and sec two uh, walk offs. It was the third time uh, in the in the ninth inning or later that he's had a go ahead or game winning hit uh, that ties David Ortiz uh, and and like three or four other players, but Ortiz. Uh, that, that's the most in a in a postseason career, and he's done it in five games. Gonzalez has. Uh, Ortiz is the only other player to do it in in one postseason. That was 2004, but it took Ortiz eight games to get to uh, to three walk off uh, or go ahead uh, late inning hits. Uh, he he did it in the in the 15 inning game uh, against the uh, the Rays. He hit the solo home run. Uh, he did it in game two of the series on on Friday when uh, he singled in the 10th inning, and, and that drove in the go-ahead run, and, and uh, Cleveland went on to win. Uh, Gonzalez just seems to find himself at the plate in those big moments, and, and so far the moments haven't been too big for him. Yeah, you know, pretty much since he came up, Joe, uh, you know, they uh, Terry Francona inserted him right in the middle of the lineup, you know, fourth or fifth or sixth, and uh, 
he's really taken to that. He doesn't seem to feel the pressure. You know, uh, Stephen Kwan, who had, you know, had a big base hit, was a contributor in that ninth inning, said uh, he he just, no, no, like you were saying, no situation is too big for him. He stays calm, cool, and collected in those at-bats. And, and, in, and in his approach changes with two strikes. You know, there's sometimes he takes some wild swings early in the count trying to hit the ball, you know, five miles. But, you know, last night we saw it again. You know, he just kind of leaned, leaned over the plate, uh, you know, put barrel to the ball and drove it through the middle of the diamond. Yeah, if you go back and look at that at bat for him, uh, he was he was behind in the count one two, uh, and and the pitch before he singled, uh, there were there were two pitches over the middle of the plate, and and the second pitch he swung at and fouled, and it looked the look on his face as he walked away from that was boy that was my pitch that was my pitch to do damage with, and that was uh, the pitch that that he really tried to to sort of yank out of the park on that one. Uh, he, he got what he wanted. He just didn't get the barrel on it uh, over the middle of the plate. And then he comes back, and like you said, the, the approach changes as it has all year long uh, when he gets to two strikes. And he's he's strong enough, and his hands are good enough to get the barrel of the bat to the ball. And this the, the, the pitch on the on the game-winning hit, it was, uh, it was a breaking pitch, and it was off the plate. It was a slider. But it was away, and and it it looked like it was maybe coming back over the outside corner of the plate. He reached out and just flicked it, and it lined past uh, uh, Clark Schmidt, the pitcher. And if you watch the replay, uh, Schmidt actually does like this this backhanded sort of stab at the at the baseball as it goes past him. If if Clark Schmidt's glove is uh, you know three inches bigger, I think. Uh, we're writing a, diff- a, a different game story at the end of that uh, that night, but um, uh, the the ball gets past Schmick, gets all the way into center field, and and the celebration that it touched off was was crazy. Uh, before uh, I, I think before Ahmed Rosario crossed the plate with the game winning run, uh, we saw the the Guardians dugout empty and and they were <laughs> on the field and they were sprinting to Gonzalez at first base. Yeah, that was crazy, and uh, it was just like a swirling mass of red shirts, and then it kind of carried out into right field, and if you look at, uh, you know, look at the video of it, you know, first, a great call by uh, Tom Hamilton, just, uh, you know, makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up, and and then you see the fans just going crazy, jumping on top of the dugout. It was just a a big night for uh, Cleveland and the Guardians. And uh, they're they're up two to one in, in the ALDS. Well, immediately afterwards, the uh, the the narrative, I guess, the storylines out of out of the the New York side of things uh, focused on Aaron Judge's decision not to bring Clay Holmes into the game, uh, even though afterwards Clay Holmes and uh, you know starting pitcher Luis Severino uh, both said that they were kind of surprised that Holmes didn't get the call there once Wandy Peralta had sort of, uh, you know, been exhausted as uh, he he went, what, an inning and two-thirds. He looked pretty effective. But as soon as he gave up a hit, uh, they, they brought in Schmidt, and and uh, Schmidt was the guy that they were going to roll with, and they were not going to go to Clay Holmes because Aaron Boone said that, that he was down. He was not available that night. Yeah, they, uh, you know, Holmes was uh, shut down on September 26th. Uh, with a sore right shoulder and didn't pitch again the rest of the regular season. 
And, uh, you know, last night, Aaron Boone, uh, the Yankees manager, you know, when questioned about why he didn't go to his closer, said, you know, we're, we're at a point where we can't use him in back-to-back -back days. We don't want to use him in, you know, in consecutive games. And, uh, you know, that, that was his explanation, and that's why he went to, uh, to Schmidt. And you know what? It's a, it's a philosophy that we've heard uh, Terry Francona echo and mention as a manager. It's like, uh, you know, sometimes you, you, have to do, you have to do the right thing by these guys, and you have to do what's best. And, uh, you know, he, he talked about, you know, when we brought it up with, with Tito uh, in his office before the game about maybe trying to pitch uh, Shane Bieber if the, if the series goes five games, you know, Tito sort of dismissed that and, and said, you know, I want these guys to make millions. I want them to, to have long careers and, and you know, we, we've got to do the right thing by these guys. Uh, it's pretty much the same philosophy that Boone showed there uh, in, in his actions with, with Holmes. Yeah, I, I thought that was, you know, that was a fair response by uh, Boone. You know, what does Tito say? You, you can't do the right thing only when it's convenient. You have to mm -hmm. do it all the time and uh and that usually comes into you know especially with player uh, with pitchers protecting pitchers knowing you know a, a manager like joe you know a manager always knows more about his player than than the the you know media than the fans he knows where he's at physically yeah well he, tito said he also knows by getting to know these guys, they also know when they're lying. And, and he <laughs> says, and, and all the good ones do. He said, all the good ones will tell you, yeah, I'm fine. I'm ready to go. But, but you know, when they're, when they're not telling you the whole story. So, uh, you know, you got to give Aaron Boone credit for doing what's right by his pitcher there and, and not pitching him when he's, uh, you know, not available or when, when the, the philosophy right there says, you know, Hey, we're giving him a night off and that's it. But, you know that he's going to get dragged over the coals now over this decision. And, and the, the the reporters out of New York are trying to make this the reason that they lost as, as opposed to giving credit to the guardians and their approach, which you said had, you know, base hits in five out of six at bats in the ninth inning. It, it just, uh, it's, it's not the way that you normally see things unfold in, in today's baseball uh, it's more like the the two uh, two run home runs that the Yankees hit earlier in the game. One of which by by Aaron Judge, which you know I had a whole whole story written and ready to roll at at the at the final out of the game about how Aaron Judge's you know two run home run was the turning point and sort of flipped the game on its head after the Guardians had shown on on Friday that their small ball version was effective and could win. You know, it doesn't matter because when you run up against the team that can hit two run home runs, uh, it, it, everything changes. Yeah, I thought the the whole game, Joe, was, uh, you know, kind of a clash of uh, cultures between the two teams. The, uh, the Yankees had, what, five hits and uh, scored uh, five runs, including three home runs. Uh, the Guardians had 15 hits, scored no home runs, 13 singles. And scored six runs, you know, two teams going about it a different way that are, you know, that are, you know, vying for, uh, you know, to to get to the ALCS and and uh, play Houston for a chance to go to the World Series. A couple of players that stood out for the Guardians, Stephen Kwan, uh, three hits in the game, I believe becomes the first Cleveland rookie with three hits in a, in a postseason game. Uh, pretty impressive, but we've seen. 
three hits out of Stephen Kwan multiple times this year. So uh, really, that was almost expected at, at, at this point to see Kwan on base three times. Yeah, Kwan is really, uh, you know, Kwan goes 0 for 9 in the wild card series, Joe. And now he is, he's hitting 429 through the first uh, three ALDS uh, games, 6 for 14 with a homer and two, uh, two RBIs. So, you know, he is the little engine that could, you know, he makes those guys, that whole lineup kind of stand up and take take notice when he gets on base and he, he was fun to watch last night. You know, what? Opens the game with a double. Then uh, he singles home a run in the second inning. Then he has big, uh, you know, then he keeps that rally going in the ninth with a single to the left. Yeah, uh, just a typical Stephen Kwan ball game, uh, you know, solid in the field and, you know, running the bases, made all the right decisions. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just fun to watch him get on base and, and, and run around. Uh, the bullpen, uh, we saw Sam Hentges give up a home run and uh, really, uh, you know, look look mortal for the first time, uh, even though he was he was pretty dominant uh, over the the rest of his outing. I uh, did give up the solo home run to Harrison Bader. Uh, and, you know, it, I think that one's OK. I think you, you can shake that one. And, and, and Sam Hentges is going to bounce back and we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And, And still be pretty good and effective for you. Uh, but Angel De Los Santos comes in and and he picks up uh, Henches in that situation. Yeah, did, Angel did a nice job. One and a third scoreless uh, comes in, you know, with a runner on in the seventh, two out, uh, you know, after the Yankees made it five to three with that home run by Bader. Uh, you know, he gets uh, he gets uh, you know uh, Glaber Torres to end the inning. Then he pitches a one, two, three, eighth, and turns it over to Eli Morgan in the ninth. And so the uh, bullpen retires what one uh, six, the last eight batters they faced. Right. Uh, rookie Will Brennan comes in in a pinch hit situation and he delivers with an RBI single uh, his first postseason hit. Yeah, that was a uh, big, you know, I, <laughs> we were talking in the in the press box and I'm, I told you, I said, that poor kid, what is what a spot to be put in. And uh, yeah, that shows you, uh, you know, how much I know the guy he comes up there. <clears throat> hitting for uh, Brennan and gets an RBI single to right. He is the first rookie, Joe, first Cleveland rookie to uh, have an RBI hit in the postseason since Brian Giles in game one of wow. the 1997 World Series. Wow, that's crazy. And he kind of looks like Brian Giles a little bit. You know, it gives you a little, uh, physically it looks like, and the, the swing and everything looks like, gives you the Brian Giles vibe. Uh, yeah, maybe he's just too young to, to know any better, Hoinsey. Maybe, uh, maybe it's just, uh, being up there, fresh face and, you know, it's, it, what he doesn't know, he doesn't know, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And you know what Francona always says, he's here for a reason. When he came up here, we, we brought him up here to help us win games. And, you know, he, he did exactly that last night. He made it what he made it five to four or yeah, I think he made it. Well, he, yeah, five yeah. to four, five, four. 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, he brought him one run closer. So, you know, you got to like that. I made it 5-3 with the uh, with the second. Yeah, the yeah that's right, 5-3 to three then, yeah. Um, it, it, Tristan McKenzie uh, started the game, came off a brilliant outing uh, on uh, Saturday, last Saturday against Tampa Bay, uh, a week off, and then uh, goes out there. And, you know, he gave up the 449-foot home run to Aaron Judge. I think at, at that point, uh, you know, Cleveland had had all the momentum and everything was going their way. Uh, even though they had, had left some runners on base, uh, they still had a two-run lead against Luis Severino. Uh, McKenzie comes out and sort of the old uh, uh, the old problem for him, it's not the solo home runs that kill him. It's the, it's the home runs with guys on base. So after a, uh, a hit, I believe, by uh, Oswaldo Cabrera, um, uh, Judge uh, just launched a uh, 449-foot home run to dead center field. Uh, Boone had dropped Judge in the batting order uh, from leadoff spot to the number two spot, and uh, maybe that did something. But uh, you know, Judge Judge's uh, home run went from being the headline to being a footnote because uh, the Yankees collapsed in the ninth. Yeah, definitely. He did not miss that pitch, Joe. That was he hit that into Jim Tomey territory. I don't know if that if the ball bounced out of the park, but that's when Tomey hit the ball out of the park what, you know, 10 or 12 years ago, that's the same area where he, where he, where he hit it, where judge hit it. But, uh, and then, yeah. So, you know, that one, that one, that home run, you know, okay. It ties the score, but it's still the third inning. The one, the killer was when Oswaldo Cabrera hit the two run homer in the fifth to put him up four two. you know, and it, it, you know, Tristan, yeah, like you said, he's had some pro he has some problems with uh, the long ball this year. He gave up uh, 25 uh, during the regular season. Uh, you know, then he goes out and pitches six scoreless against the wild card, uh, the Rays, you know, with uh, with eight strikeouts. It just looked great. And uh, and yesterday, you know, I thought he, he looked amped up to me. He struck out a lot of guys early and just made a couple bad pitches. Yeah, and, and, you know, you can shake that and, you know, not worry about it, but uh you know the the fortunate thing the, the great thing uh that happened last night for the guardians was that they didn't have to go to uh their main guys in the bullpen so they're locked and loaded for sunday night's game with karen Jack, stefan classe you know if they get six innings out of cal quantrill which is pretty much the cal quantrill formula uh you know they can they can hand it off to those guys and give them their innings and and be all right, uh, you know. If if Quantrill doesn't doesn't give them what he normally does, then you got to sort of mix and match and piece things. But uh, for the most part, they're they're going to be able to 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 close the game out the way they want if they can get a lead. Yeah, this is really a, an intriguing game, Joe. When you think about it, Garrett Cole on one side, the 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 game one winner who beat uh, you know the the Guardians and. Uh, and uh, you know uh, Quantrill, uh, and now uh, the rematch uh, in uh, Game Four with uh, the Cleveland looking at you know the possibility of eliminating the Yankees. Uh, Cole what is three and zero against uh, the Guardians this season? Three and zero in the postseason against them. Quantrill has never lost at Progressive Field. Uh, the uh, the Guardians have won two straight postseason games against the Yankees. Uh, just a lot of converging forces uh, coming together at at uh, Progressive Field tonight. 
Yeah, Cole's never lost to the to the Guardians in the playoffs, uh, and and uh, Quantrill's never lost at Progressive Field. One of those two storylines is going to end uh, tonight, uh, potentially, I guess, uh, depending if if Cole gets a decision in this game. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of kind of out there right now. The uh, the, the the chance, the opportunity, the, the possibility to advance uh, to Houston and, and make it to the ALCS is right there for this team. And I think if uh, if you had gone back to spring training and told this this group, this clubhouse, this this room full of, you know, 25, 24, 26-year-old guys uh, that they had a chance to play for or play in an elimination game on Sunday night, the only game in town, uh, as all the other series are wrapped up, uh, if you told them they had a chance like this, they they would have looked at you like they were like you were crazy, uh, but but they would have believed in themselves. I think they still do. Uh, I think uh, they're the only ones who believe that they could be in this spot right now. Definitely, Joe. There was <laughs> there was a lot of uh, naysayers, and I was one of them. Um, I just didn't didn't see uh, what these guys saw in themselves. I didn't see that you know that quality that uh, the, that cohesiveness you know, that, that makes a team a team and, uh, just, uh, they've done a great job and, uh, and they're, they're on all they do have to do is take one more step, Joe. And, and who knows where they go from there? One more win. And, uh, they're, they're, you know, what they're four wins away from the world series, which, you know, you could have knocked me over with a feather if you told me that in spring training. Yeah. Uh, if things go sideways tonight and they do wind up having to go back to New York and playing in a game five, uh, what, what are the prospects there? Who, who starts uh, for them, who starts for New York? What, what are we thinking uh, is a possibility? Well, that's boy, that's a good question. Well, we, you know, they got Aaron Savali, obviously he's sitting there. He's on, you know, he hasn't pitched since the, what the end of the regular, the last game of the regular season, you know, he could, I, I would think he'd, he'd have to be involved in that mix. You've got Zach Plesak who, what, uh, who's on that road in, in, who hasn't pitched, I think in a postseason yet either two starters that, you know, that, you know, that logged a lot of innings during the regular season dealt with some injuries, but you know, two legitimate starters. So, you know, one of those guys could, could take the mound for a Cleveland, um, on the Yankee side, um, you know, who do you think Joe? Uh, Jameson Tayon might be a guy who's an option. Uh, their, their options are, are quite limited beyond, um, you know, even you can't pitch Nestor Cortez on on short rest. He's not. It's not even three days rest. Uh, their their options are are quite limited unless they've got somebody else, uh, another starter sitting there. This is this is why moving that um, uh, second game from Thursday to Friday might actually wind up uh, biting um, the the Yankees uh, rather than than helping them. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you look at that. You know, they've really. You know, Aaron Boone has gone through that bullpen a lot. Um, do you throw a bullpen game out there? I, I don't know. It's it's going to be really an interesting test to see uh, to see how this this unfolds if if there if these if the series moves back to New York on Monday for Game Five. All right. Well, we'll be watching to see how everything unfolds from Progressive Field tonight. Uh, Hoinsey will uh, will be there and we'll be. Uh, reporting on uh, what develops, and uh, we'll have a, a podcast for you either uh, immediately post game or first thing in the morning on uh, Monday here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. 